0: understand that faith without works is dead. Now, you do not become righteous through your own works. Justification is a free gift given to you by God, right? But now notice with me something, and I want to just work with this a minute. In James 2.14, and I'm reading it from a different translation, so you don't need to turn there. But this is so important for us to realize. He says, my brothers and sisters, if people say they have faith, or if they say that they believe, but do nothing, but say nothing, but just stick around, hang around, and say, I believe, I believe, but I'm just waiting on God. No, you've got to put some actions I have to, we must, put some actions to what we believe. Listen to this. If people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Faith, listen, faith that does nothing is worth nothing. So we need to go beyond what we believe, and that's important. But we need to move forward and get those results. Say it with me, faith is acting acting. on on what I believe. Now this is important truth. Let me just share one other thought about this with you before that we move on in our service. Listen to this statement. I am not and you are not attempting justification through works. But we are heading for manifestation through works and actions of faith. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. And so the response to that for you and me is we are doers of the Word of God. Say that with me real strong. I am, am. we are, are. not just talkers, not just just rejoicers, but we are doers. We are doers doers doers. of the Word of God. God. We We put actions to what we believe. You can do that, and so can I, by the grace of God. So how then does a doer of the Word act when the cares of this life come and knock upon your mind and knock upon the door of your soul? What does a doer of the Word of God do with the cares of this life? Doers of the Word of God Put it over on him. Or we could say it this way. Doers of the, of the Word of God. Roll it over. <laughs> Come on, do that with me. Roll it over. Let's do it the other way now. Roll it over. One more time. Roll it over. One more time. Roll it over. on Him. I'm not going to roll it over on Joe. Todd's not going to roll it over on me. We're all going to roll it over. Over on Him. That's what doers do. Oh, and you will be tempted to worry. How do you know that? Well, I'm as human as you are. You'll be tempted to take the care. But faith without actions is dead. If you believe that he is Jehovah Shalom, then start acting like you're carefree. Start acting carefree. How does a carefree person act? A carefree person's got a smile on their face. I mean, you, must, you might have just got the worst report in the whole wide world. But remember, those reports are only of this world. The good report is from another world. Whose report... Well, I feel like preaching. Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? Say it with me. I will... I shall, I will will believe believe the 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 report of the Lord. And so then, in believing the report of the Lord, doers don't act like the world is just caved in on them. Now, you've got to be spiritually fit to do this. And you can do it by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah PT. <laughs> glory to God, y'all. Hallelujah Archie. Glory to God. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah Mark. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Johanna. Well, when you're going to preach, I've been preaching. Thank you, Jesus. I like that. You do that, you'll get drunk. You be light and easy. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, Pastor Mark, that's just not ministering to me. I didn't come to church for that. Whoa. I mean, this is it. Sorry. This is how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> this, yeah this is how we roll one more time this is, <laughs> this is how we roll yeah yeah oh, Woo! <laughs> You might get home and somebody said, well, what'd you learn in church? I learned how to roll. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what you're doing. You're doing it right. Woo, mine. That's what doers do. That's how doers roll. Shoo. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, I've never been in a service like this before. Well, neither have I. (laughs) Thank you. Praise God. No longer weighed down. No longer burnt out on a religious system. And out of code coming from another system. But yea, rising, rising, rising up is my body in this day. Rising up is this body in this place. Rising up in strength. Rising up in peace. Rising up. In newness of life, rising up in greater grace. For you see, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is what you need. You see, Paul went before the Lord about the thorn in the flesh. And he went to the Lord three times and asking the Lord that this thorn in the flesh might depart from him. And the Lord's answer to Paul was, Paul, know this, that my grace is sufficient for you. Yes. In other words, there's got to be something in the grace of God that enables us to stand in the midst of all hell breaking loose on us. There is something available in the grace of God that enables us to be sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That's that strength that we've been reading about today and talking about today and here's what paul res- paul's response was you know he went to the lord three times and the lord gave him his answer and once paul got the answer he didn't ask again for paul to go to the lord a fourth time and say yes lord i i know your grace is sufficient for me but mine's a special case For him to go the fourth time would have been doubt and unbelief. But Paul didn't go a fourth time. Listen, y'all can sit down. Once you have revelation and once you have your answer from him, confer not any longer with flesh and blood. Confer not any longer with flesh and blood. In other words, don't even confer with your own flesh. Because your flesh will talk you right out of the things and the plan of God. And here's what Paul said PT, you better stay up there, stay close. That's how we roll. <laughs> Well, turn to Second Corinthians chapter 12. Lest you think that we've got a whole nother hour message, you're probably wrong, but you might be right. But let's Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse eight, amplified. If you're there, Sam, there. If you're here, Sam, here. If you're not, don't say nothing. He said, for this thing, three times I called upon the Lord and besought him about this and and begged him that it might depart from me. And next verse. But he said to me, my grace, my favor, my loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Say with me, his grace grace is is enough for me. Notice that word sufficient. We are sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Against any danger and enables you to bear through the trouble manfully for my strength and my power. I love this are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in the midst of a weak situation. Right now, notice Paul's profession. Notice that Paul got it. And this is something that we need to get. Once he's told us that his grace is sufficient, that does it. No more begging. No more crying. Here's what Paul's response was. And here's what your response can be. He says, therefore, because of this, because his grace is sufficient for me, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities. Why, Paul? So that the strength and power of Christ the Anointed One and His anointing, the Messiah, notice this, may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over me and dwell upon me. The long and short of that statement is this. His grace is sufficient. And because it is, I'm happy to know that not only is he within me, but he is upon me. And he's going to put me over and take me through any weakness that may come my way. Isn't that good news? Now here's what I have in my heart here for the next few moments today. And that is this, to be able to make it through, and to be able to do what Paul just did, and really mean it, and believe it, and act on it, you and I, and I put myself in this boat, you and I must be spiritually fit. We must be spiritually fit in this day. And in this hour, you hear a lot about physical fitness. And thank God for physical fitness, right? And you hear a lot about keeping your mind active and, and, and making sure that you're reading. But I know nothing greater that will keep your mind sharp and quick and bright than getting your mind renewed and washing it daily with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Spiritual fitness is a must. Spiritual training is a must. It will cause you to grow and to be developed spiritually in this day, in this hour, for whatever may come your way. Now, let me quote a verse for you. It says, May the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body, say it with me, I am a spirit, I have a, I have a, soul. I have a soul, and I live in a body. A May your whole spirit, soul, and body, he prays, be preserved. That word preserved means be kept complete and sound. May be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, is Jesus coming? We're not sure when he's coming. But know this, that He is coming. But before He comes, it is a must for us to be fit so that we can be sound and complete in this sliver of time before He comes. Because before He comes, there are going to be some things that we must overcome. Before he comes, there must be some things that we must overcome. Which means, if we're going to overcome them, things are going to come our way. Now, I think of this song, I don't know why, it's kind of carnal, but it's from the 70s. Only the strong survive. Only the strong survive. Are going to survive. Only the strong are going to be at the finish line. And that's you. That's me. Point, your, point at yourself and say, that's me. that's me. Look at your neighbor and say, That's you. That's you. We're, going We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going all the way. All right. We're going all the way. All the way where? All the way to the finish line. With our chest out. And our eyes on Him. With the wind of the Spirit behind us. Enabling us to make it. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, then... In this period of time, and it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, and it doesn't matter how well you're developed currently, you must stay developed. And if you haven't yet gotten on the journey and the path to spiritual growth and spiritual development, I want to invite you to come along. Did you feel that? Well, I don't know whether I want to do that or not. Let me say it one more time. I invite you. I'm inviting you. God's inviting you. Come along. Come on. Come on. How many of you have relatives in heaven? You know, when I played basketball in grade school and high school, uh, my dad was very loud. And he'd be up there and you know, he'd be saying things like, that's my boy, you know. We got embarrassed. So we had him stay home in high school, you know. We didn't want our friends to know that that was our dad. But you know what? My dad's in heaven right now. He's part of that grandstand. He's part of that great cloud of witnesses. And he's looking at his son, Mark. And he's looking at his son, Mark. And he's looking at his son, Dan. And he said, come on, boys. Rise up and run. Run stronger. Run faster. And you too, many of you, you've got relatives in glory. And you see, they see a whole lot more than we do. I mean, they, they've seen Jesus, you know. And they, they, they know... Well, What it's like, and they they know the rewards, and and they also know what what you're going through, and that's why they're cheering you on. (laughs) Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Lay aside that weight. Don't be bound up by that sin anymore. Those drugs aren't worth it, that pornography is not worth it. Lay it aside and run and run. And run, and run and carry the torch of the good news. Carry the torch to a wicked and untoward gener- generation. Carry the torch. If this seems inspirational today, it's because God's inspiring it. Yes. Amen. Nothing really, really matters. <clears throat> Really. Except living for Him. And when you live for Him, things will go all right. You'll have challenges, but your family will be okay. Your finances will be all right. If you live for Him, if you're following Him and He's leading you, He's not going to lead you into poverty, He's not going to lead your children into hell. He's going to lead you in the right way and the right path. The thing is, is we really, I hope you can hear this today, we really need to live for Him, not for ourselves. See, Jesus is our rock. And Jesus is the anchor of my soul. What does an anchor do? An anchor holds a boat in a stable position so that it just doesn't float away by all the waves that come its way. And Jesus is your anchor. He is your rock. You know, sometimes we wish He was Jesus the helicopter to swoop down and give us a rope so we could get out of that waving boat. But He says, Son, daughter, I'm your anchor. And I provided stability for you in the midst of unstable times. Therefore, you can take confidence and have great hope in the fact that I'm holding all things together by the word of my power. I'm holding you, says the Lord. I'm lifting you, and I'm upholding your life. Isn't that good news? You know, if you talk to a lot of people and you ask them, well, what is it that anchors your life? And they'll say things like, well, man, my wife is my anchor. My wife is my rock. Or my, my finances are my rock. My education is my anchor. You will never, ever get true anchorage, if you will our stability from something that does not have a soul money doesn't have a soul education doesn't have a soul your father is a spirit and only in him must we live and move and have our being in this day and this hour can you handle a little bit more? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. We're going to look at it in the message translation. Everyone say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say, praise the Lord. praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. ha, ha, ha. His, mercy His mercy endures forever. Somebody says, I don't like doing ha, ha, ha. We'll do ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Or you could do ha ha, ho ho, he he hey. <laughs> Mr. Devil, get out of the way. 1 <laughs> Timothy chapter 4. Then we must stay spiritually fit and be about growing spiritually. The message translation says in verse 7 stay clear of all silly stories that get dressed up as religion, exercise weakly in God. Oops. Exercise every other week in God. No, exercise daily in God. Okay. And then he goes on to say, no spiritual flabbiness, please. And we're going to look at verse eight here in a moment. But one verse says, train yourself toward godliness Keeping yourself spiritually fit. Keeping yourself spiritually fit. So living this Christian life then involves training, right? If we want to grow and develop, we must train. Train. Now notice verse 8. Look at this. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Workouts in the gymnasium... Are useful, But a disciplined life in God is far more so making you fit when? So notice he didn't say that godliness is profitable just for the life which is to come. But godliness is profitable for the life which now is. And the life which we are in right now is where we are at. And so what this is saying is spiritual development is profitable. It's good for us. And it will make us fit both today and when. So first and foremost, and we're, we're starting something this morning. I don't really know what to call it. Do you? I can't really think of a title, but we're either going to call it growing up spiritually or training spiritually, but this is of utmost importance because unless you're trained, you'll not be able to, to make it. You'll, you'll, you'll just keep yielding to the flesh. Now notice, first and foremost, to develop spiritually, we must feed our spirit Faith food. God's Word contains the proper nutrients for developing our spirit and building a strong spirit. Just like natural food feeds your body, God's Word feeds your spirit. Now look at 1 Timothy 4, 6 in the King James Version. Look at this now. He said, if thou, put in rem- if thou put the brothers and sisters in remembrance of these things. Somebody says, Pastor, I've heard this all before. Well, faith doesn't come by having heard. So what I dropped by to do today is to put you in remembrance of these things. Therefore, I qualify to be called a good minister. Okay, so I'm a good minister. I'm reminding you of Jesus Christ. Now notice this with me what we are putting ourselves in remembrance of is this, is that we must be, we can be nourished up in the words of faith. Nourished up in the words of faith. Just like natural food has nourishment, a nourishment and nutriments for your physical body, words of faith the Word of God will nourish you spiritually. It will, listen, it will put the proper nutrients in your spirit for you to be spiritually fit. Nourished up in the words of faith. I think it's so important that we open our lives To spiritual nourishment. I mean by that. In your home. In your car. In your ways. You ought to have access. To spiritual words that will nourish you. Now spiritual words are words from the B-I-B-L-E. Now whether it be. You playing the word on your iPad or playing the word on your stereo, build an atmosphere of His Word. And whether you realize it or not, it is extremely nourishing and healthy for you to expose yourself to His presence. Nourished up, not weakened by the God of this world not weakened by the spirit of this age but once you cross this line and there's a lot of people that don't but once you cross this line to make a complete commitment to him and his word And once you open your heart and make yourself available to Him to speak to you in every season of your life. Come on. I'm talking about in the morning, in the afternoon. I'm talking about all day long hearing and being nourished. And listen, you can also be nourished up by His presence by listening to anointed music. Can't you? There's nothing more nourishing than true men and women of God that literally live in the presence of God and worship the Lord in a setting where God is being honored. I'm not talking about entertainers. We do not need spiritual entertainment. We need spiritual nourishment. Open your heart to the nourishing... Words of faith and to the nourishing words that come from heaven William's translation says this feeding your own soul on the truths of faith the 20th century New Testament says sustained by the precepts of the faith and of that good teaching what's going to sustain you in this day in this hour words of faith Presence of God. Thank you, Lord. Turn quickly, and we'll close here. Turn quickly to uh, Psalms 119, verse 103. Psalm 119, verse 103. So, here's what I do, and here's what you can do. I know you can do it, if you will do it. At every juncture in life, at every situation that comes your way, whether it be a bad report or whether it be a child rebelling or, you know, more month than money. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Whatever. At any juncture, at every juncture where it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a test. Here's what we must ask ourselves. What does he say about it? What does he say about it? And then be nourished with that and live that. And then in closing, Psalm 119, verse 28, or Psalm 119, verse 103, excuse me. The message translation says this. Let's read it together. Your words are so choice, so tasty, I prefer them to the best home cooking. Read <laughs> it one more time. Your words are so choice and so tasty, I prefer them to the best Anybody had some good home cooking before? I'm looking for Brenda to get home so I can have some good home cooking. I'm telling you, that girl can whip it up. And she can cook. But God's Word is more tasty than the best of home cooking. Now, the good news is this, is you don't have to have one without the other. You can have both. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, you can have both. But his word is so choice and will nourish you so well, it's better than home cooking. Another time David said this, he said, when your words showed up, I ate them, swallowed them whole. What a feast. I took delight in being yours. My prayer for you today in this service, which I believe the Holy Spirit ministered to all of our hearts. My prayer for every one of you this morning is that you would lay hold of the eternal life that Jesus has made available to you.